0: welcome to Money savage a savage approach to personal finance this is George Grumbacher and the time is right welcome to today's guest strong and powerful Derek Van Ness Derek are you ready to do this let's do it excellent let's let's do this Derek is a tax and financial advisor at big life financial he's helping business owners successful individuals and families keep more of the money that they make I'm excited to have you on Derek tell us a little bit about your personal life some more about your work and why you do what you do
1: well, that's a huge topic, but uh, we'll stick to the important <laughs> stuff here. A um, couple of things that, uh, that drive me. I've always been kind of a, a deep thinker, someone who's interested in why I'm doing what I'm doing, not just doing stuff to do it. And so throughout my career, that's kind of had a, a major impact when I got a business degree coming out of college and didn't really know what I wanted to do, except that at some point I figured I wanted to have my own business. So I realized that I needed to learn how to sell. And, uh, and that was a huge step for me because I took a job doing equipment financing and that got me introduced to working with business owners, which has become a real passion of mine. Uh, I mean, we, we work with lots of people, but there's something special about business owners for me because these are people who have followed a dream, taken a leap, really invested in themselves and gone out there and made something out of nothing. And to me, there's something really cool about that. Um, and knowing how challenging it is being a business owner myself, I just have such a, you know, such a soft spot in my heart for for business owners. So that first job really got me working with a lot of them. Um, but what I realized pretty quickly, after doing a, about fifty thousand cold calls my first three years in business, nice uh, was that, yeah, yeah, that uh, working in a cube isn't really my thing. Amazingly, <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh, I, I was living in California in LA at the time, and I remember looking out, and you could kind of see the beach from my office. It was way out there, but. I remember thinking I'm in here under fluorescent lights, like caged up and I should be out there, you know, surfing or on the beach or something. And, uh, and so I decided at that point that it was time to, to make the jump, uh, got into house flipping before flipping houses was a thing. And the cool thing about that was I, I really learned about systems. I really learned about what makes a business go being a business owner myself at that time. And we had a pretty, pretty robust operation where we were flipping 25 to 30 houses a year. So, you know, when you're doing that, you've got 10 to 15 to 20 projects going at any time you have to get real organized. So I spent a lot of time and money, uh, investing in like programs and learning how to be a better business owner and learning systems and learning finance and all that. And that, that really helped me to get a broad base that eventually post 2008, 2009, when, uh, I don't know if you know this, but house flipping kind of dried up. (laughs) And, uh, and I got to learn a lot of lessons that, uh, you don't learn in school during that 2008, 2009 time, I lost a couple of million bucks and that was a, that was a really rough go. Um, but I learned so much along the way with running that business that when I reconfigured and started working with business owners on the financial side of things, because I had to figure out for myself, like I was making all this money, but I hadn't saved enough. I mean, I had six figures saved at the time, but it wasn't nearly enough for the size of business I had. Um, like, why didn't it work? What happened? Why, how did I end up in this place where I went from having more money than I knew how to spend to not even being able to afford tacos at times, you know, um, what happened there? And, uh, and that was, that was a really heavy duty period for me because it was a ton of learning. It was a ton of frustration. It was a ton of testing and trying and having to like literally rebuild it from the ground back up. And, you know, here we are 10 years later and for the last five, six, seven years. This has been my full-time thing, just really probably been in the industry eight or nine years, but, but really like working with thousands of business owners over the last decade, seeing what works and what doesn't work has just my reinvigorated my passion. Like I really just love working with people who are trying to make a difference in the world, trying to build a better life for their family, trying to, you know, innovate, try new things take a chance on themselves. Like those are all just things that, that get me really pumped up. And so to be able to help demystify the financial side, right? They're so concerned about how do we make more money? And at the end of the day, it's not how much money you make. It's how much you get to keep and spend and use. Right. And so I work on the other side of the equation, which is, okay, now that you brought some money in, what do you do with it? How do you pay less taxes? Where do you save it? How do you grow it? How do you protect it? Like, how do we build long-term wealth because I think there's a ton of misnomers about how wealth is built, and so just helping to demystify a lot of that, so that people can get money out of the way, and focus on what they're really here to do with, with their life as human beings. Like to me, that's that's why my company's called Big Life Financial. is It's not about. It's not called Big Money Financial. It's about <laughs> living, right? It's about living a life you love. And so, um, how do we create the financial structures that allow people to do that? And a lot of that's just getting the confusion, the misinformation. I've heard you talk about it on your show that there is a ton of misinformation. These days, anybody with a computer can post anything they want in the Internet, all kinds of opinions and all kinds of trolly stuff and all kinds of stuff that doesn't make any sense or have any financial backing to it or or numbers behind it. Um, So it can be very confusing as someone trying to figure that out.
0: Amen to all of that. I, you know what you're talking about the the opportunities and challenges of being an entrepreneur and a business owner, and it is a lot. And then you help, or then you throw on top of that, um, so much so much information. And I think that a lot of people want to help somebody to help them demystify everything and really provide a little bit of wisdom. So so I I, I, I mm-hmm. appreciate that and get money out of the way so they can actually live the lives that they actually want and, 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 and and that they love. So, um, well, there, there is a lot there. Do you have, are are there certain areas, um, are there certain areas that you say, okay, I, I've seen this happen way too many times and this is why I'm really focused on this area. There's certain problems that you consistently see popping up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, specifically to business owners, but this does apply to a lot of people is, a lot of people have been taught that money is is not a great thing, or that if you have a lot of it, there's something wrong with it, or or for some reason, they're okay with working on earning money, but they after that, they don't want to pay attention to it, right? They're really focused on the front end, especially entrepreneurs, and so what I find that I see is really common is people get on this financial treadmill, and they're bringing in money, and they're... You know, they're like, oh, we're going and we're moving and we're running and we're running and we're running. And then they look down and they they haven't gone anywhere, Hmm. right? Like, like all the most common thing I hear is we make a couple hundred thousand bucks a year. It comes through. And at the end of the year, like, where did it all go? I, I don't know. Like, I'm not any further ahead this year than I was last year. And so they feel like they're on this financial treadmill. And what happens is over time, eventually you get tired running on a treadmill, especially if you're not getting anywhere. For sure. Right. And so the most common thing I see is people are paying attention on the front end of how to bring the money in, but then they're not paying attention to where it goes after that. They're, it could be cash flow problems. It could be that they're not paying attention to expenses. It could be taxes, or it could be that they're just not setting any money aside to save, grow, invest, whatever. Um, because like, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a huge fan of like the whole buy term, invest the difference because a lot of people buy term and then they never invest the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, And that's like the most common thing. And, and the excuse everyone gives is when I make a little bit more money, then I'll start saving. Right. But the problem with that is you never, as you make more, you spend more like that, that mindset is, Oh, we've got some extra money. We should get a, you know, we need a new car. Oh, we need to upgrade our house. We need a pool. We need, it could just be, we need to repair the furnace, but there's always a use for your money. If you don't have a plan for it, if you haven't pre designated money to be set aside, someone else has got a plan and they'll convince you that you really need what they're selling. And I mean, there's the entire internet and TV industry is basically based around that whole thing. Right? So how do we set aside? And I've heard you say this paying yourself first. There's a lot of things I don't love about traditional or or typical financial planning, but that's one thing that, that everybody's got right. If you do not pay yourself first, you will never increase your wealth. And so, uh, for me, that's that's the biggest mistake, is people don't have a plan for their money, they're running as fast as they can to make it, they're not keeping or saving any of it, and they wonder how over the last 10 years they haven't gone anywhere.
0: Yeah, I think that that, that is so true. Uh, it's 100% true for money, because we've all experienced it. If,
1: if we do not mm-hmm. have a plan for those
0: dollars, something else will have a plan for them. And it's also that's also very true of time. If we're not, you know, judicious with how we're spending our time and our attention, then something else is is, is going to pop up and and consume that. And it probably will not be the highest and best use of your money or your time. So, so I appreciate that very much. Um, so being mindful about how we're doing that. Um, so, and and I I really I I think that something that's been on my mind a lot lately and i think probably for everybody is just is is, is taxes and and where we think the tax rates are going to be going in the future mm-hmm. and i don't know that enough people are talking about this or if we're talking about it i don't know that it's sank in all the way just how potentially dramatic that's going to be
1: i'm with you 100 percent on this i mean i'm i'm just finishing up uh a nine day tax masterclass that we're doing in a a Facebook group I run called the business owner success lab. We do it every couple of months. But one of the points that I'm driving home really hard in that is tax deferral may not be in your best interest. In fact, I don't believe it is especially for business owners to separate someone who's got a successful business from their money for the next 10, 20, 30 years, depending on their age. Um, and put it into a place where you're going to have to pay taxes sometime in the future It's pretty obvious that The these stimulus packages that are being passed like that's not free money if you think it is You're mistaken the the money's got to get paid for from somewhere and it's most likely to be taxes, right? We already had a deficit problem that had to get paid for We've got universal health care that's you know continuing to be redesigned but at some point like that's essentially going to come out as some, some version of taxes. We've got social security that's got to be figured out. Um, where's all that money coming from? Well, the most logical place is taxes. Nobody's going to want to do it. What's going to happen in my opinion is in 2025, that's when the, the Trump tax rewrite runs out. The people who are stuck holding the bag at that point are going to say, well, Trump wrote it this way and we're just stuck with it. And they're going to you know, try and spin it or whatever, but taxes are going to go up and that doesn't even include the deficit or any of the other stuff that I'm talking about here. So at some point we're going to have to figure out how to pay for all that stuff. And it's probably coming out of taxes. So why would you take taxes and, uh, and avoid paying them today to hopefully pay less in the future? And the answer most people have is, well, when I'm retired, I'll have less income. And in my opinion, if that's the case, you're probably not doing it right. We really want to set you up to where you do have a better income in retirement, building assets, but not only building assets, but turning them into a stream of income. Like that's the piece that a lot of people miss. Um, and, And that's my big problem with like people building up assets inside of like an IRA or 401k is they're deferring the taxes. But also when you go to take money out of those plans, if you look at the math of like, what is the sustainable amount you can only pull three to 4% of the principal out and allow that account to continue to sustain and keep its earning power. So if you've got a million dollars in a 401k or an IRA, that only equates to 30 to $40,000, plus you gotta pay taxes on that per year. Most people who've been able to accumulate that kind of money in there don't wanna live on 30 to 40,000 plus social security, right? And so we need to start thinking about a lot of these things differently The tax piece is a a huge part of it. And quite frankly, taxes are the biggest cost in your life. So what we're really trying to do is how do we balance that? How do we look at what our tax obligations are now? Because we are in a historically low tax time. And if we can pay taxes today and optimize for that, and there's a ton of leverage you can pull. I mean, most business owners we look at per $100,000 of income, they're overpaying on average $11,000 a year. So if you're making a couple hundred grand, you're probably overpaying twenty or $30,000. Um, but if you've got a big income, there's a bunch of levers that you can pull to be able to uh, move that money around and literally not defer taxes, but alleviate taxes, right? Actual tax planning. And a lot of people are just unaware that those things are even an option. So they're just trying to kick the can down the road. So you have more money showing up in your, your, your uh, IRA or 401k or whatever, but the but those aren't all your dollars. So it can be misleading. So to wrap up kind of what you said there, I just think that for most people, unless you know your income's gonna be significantly lower and you believe that taxes are going down in the future, in a lot of cases it makes more sense to pay the tax today, have money that you know is yours, and then take that money and put it to work effectively. So yeah, that, that's just my take on it. And we have some vehicles that'll allow you to build that money and build it in a way where you won't have to pay taxes in the future. And, you know, we love to share that with people, too.
0: Yeah. Well, I appreciate everything you just said. And this idea of kicking the can down the road, that is what is has been going on for some time. And it's going to keep going on for some time. But eventually, we're going to hit the wall. And it'll come in the form of probably austerity measures, which we see all, all around the world. Um but that's probably not for our conversation today. So you talked about <laughs> you talked about different vehicles or, or, or levers that people can pull or start utilizing uh, that, that, that can help with this. So why don't you jump into that real quick?
1: Okay. Yeah, so, so there are a couple of places you can put money, right? And you can talk about tax-free municipal bonds. You can talk about um, Roth IRAs, and a, and a Roth can be great. The problem with a Roth is you just can't put that much money in there it's, it's kind of limited. So for most people who are earning very much, that's going to be a small portion. I know there's some ways to backdoor it and some different things, but ultimately for most people, that's, that could be a piece, but it's certainly not going to be the, the majority of it. Um, what we really love is we use, we teach something called the money maximization model and it's a specific way to, uh, structure a specific type of life insurance policy where people can dump money in there and grow that money inside of the the policy tax deferred. Now deferred would indicate that you would have to pay taxes down the road, but because of the the way that life insurance works and some of the loan provisions, you can actually grow and access that money tax free as long as you don't uh, withdraw it. If you just use the loan provisions and we use that to help business owners to grow their money, stay liquid because that's like the big business owner dilemma, right? Like, Do I have money and keep it available for my business or do I invest it somewhere and hope it goes up? But it's sometimes tough to find a vehicle where you can do both inside of these life insurance policies. You can actually do that. Now, I know there's a bunch of detractors around life insurance, just like there are guys who yell about fees and 401ks and IRAs. The truth is, if you're working with the right people who know how to structure a policy right, they're not doing the maximize the salesperson's commission, but they're really doing the maximize the cash value for the client. The fees on these things are not bad at all. They're actually much lower um, long-term than, than putting money into a market or, or even some of these uh, inexpensive low-fee accounts. Um, and we could do the math on that another day. But um, building the money up in there allows you to grow the money, have access to it if you need it for your business for things like COVID or when opportunities come along, um, protect your money, and then be able to access it tax-free in retirement. So pretty powerful strategy where you get your dollars doing four, five, six jobs all at once while still being liquid. And so we think as a foundational strategy, and obviously there's some nuance to it, but as a foundational strategy, it offers the most certainty because there's guaranteed returns on your money and the most flexibility because it is liquid. And I feel like as a business owner, that's the best you can ask for is let me grow my money in a safe place that always goes up. And if I need it, I can get to it at the drop of a hat. Uh, to me, that's that's just such a great place to start for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, I certainly appreciate that. I love the idea of, we talked a little bit earlier about if you don't have a plan for your dollar, then somebody else will happily come up with a plan.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but if you're able to actually have $1 do several jobs for you, then that's obviously a benefit as well. And uh, I appreciate you saying that, you know, yeah, like anything. A, a life insurance policy is neither good nor is it bad. A 401K is neither good nor is it bad. It's, it's how you mm-hmm. actually utilize these things and how you structure them and all that is, is what will make it good or bad for your situation. So this is certainly no different. I love it. Agreed. Well, Derek, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them?
1: I think the, the most important thing that people could take away from this is building wealth is a system. It's not a one-time event. I feel like a lot of people think if I can pick that one stock, if I can buy that one property, if I can get that one, you know, one job or that one client, like that's going to make the difference. And the truth is, like I've heard you say before, it, you have to make the money, but you need to systematically save your money. You need to systematically grow and protect your money. And you need a way to systematically utilize your money. I mentioned in turning things into streams of income uh, at some point in the future. All of those things are a system, right? They're not one-time events. It's not hitting the home run one time. It's hitting a bunch of singles and consistently running the bases. And that's what builds wealth because if you've ever, uh, I think a lot of people can relate with this because I certainly could. The first couple of years that I made six figures, I was looking around like, okay, like I kind of got out of debt and I got a decent car instead of my junky college car. And I got some new clothes and a few other things, but like I've been making really good money for two or three years here and I don't have a lot to show for it. And it's because I didn't have a system, right? I was, I was upgrading my life and I was kind of making up for some of the the things that have fallen short, but really systematizing that saving, systematizing the growth, systematizing everything. Because one of my favorite quotes is from atomic habits by James clear. He says, you don't rise to the level of your willpower. You sink to the level of your systems, and so having a system financially to get wealthy, to me, is the most important thing you can do. And there's a couple of ways to approach it, but we help a ton of people with that every day. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely is.
0: Come on, come on, Derek. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more
1: about you? Well, there's there's two places I would recommend. One is if you're listening on your phone, and you know you don't can't go too far. All you have to do is send a text message to uh, 38470 and just text the word Big Life, my company's Big Life Financial. So that's 38470 Big Life. We will send you uh, a couple of texts, to get your email, and we'll send you a copy of our book that talks about a bunch of financial strategies that you can utilize. Also, um, you can find us at Big Life Financial, of course, and if you do Big, fi- big Life Financial forward slash YouTube. It'll take you to my channel. We put out a couple of videos a week just talking about everything from mindset, philosophy, even touch on meditation, all the way to the nuts and bolts strategies of real estate investing, um, some of the things that we teach with life insurance, uh, saving strategies, all that kind of stuff. So we try and go big picture and nuts and bolts. I
0: love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Derek your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Uh, text three eight four seven zero big life um, and Derek will get in touch with you or go to biglifefinancial dot com and you can also find the YouTube channel through that as well. I will link all of those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Derek. Loved it. thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Spending too much time on social is your daily screen time over two hours. strivedeto and get your mind, body, and money right.